Hi everyone, this is Nate. And by now you know that if you hear my voice, something is not quite right on the episode. Well, that's not quite the case this week. In fact, we enjoyed ourselves so much that the episode went a little bit long. And rather than having a two-hour episode, we decided to instead break it up into two segments. So if you're wondering why there are only three pundits critiqued when we promised you six, that's why. Anyway, enjoy the episode. We have, we have an, an international cast today. Um, we've joined together with our, 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 our brothers and sisters in the uh, white commonwealth that still has access to all the visas for some reason. Yeah. Let's all go around, say, and share a memory of the late, great Jonathan McCain. Hi, everybody. Hi, Who everybody. Share first? My name's Andrew, and I just want to share how important it is that John McCain introduced Sarah Palin to political discourse. He was the man who thought <laughs> he was the man who thought that Sarah Palin should be one brain cancer away from the presidency. She was so close. She was so close. She's still out there. And who who, who Andy, thank you so much. Uh, who would like to go Can next? Can I go next? It's Lucy. Yes, My favorite John McCain memory is when he died today. <laughs> 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 he, he truly did inspire a million um how dare you sir replies to a lot of extremely really funny did. tweets <laughs> rest in peace you piece of shit motherfucker he's done is his name really jonathan shine on you piece of shit motherfucker <laughs> he, he's well you, there are two kinds of johns there are well, three kinds of johns um, there's the well, there's the the sex work mm. customer. Then there's the uh, Republican John with an H and the Democrat John mm. without an H. Mm. Does mm. John John Kerry have an yeah have an H? Yeah, but no, but he's a he's a Republic he's an older Republican right. one. I look what I do is uh, if if I ever have a kid, um, I'm gonna take the the McCain fries and I'm gonna say here comes the crashing plane. <laughs> 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 oh. oh man, it's a good it's a good thing that the weird uh, centrist honor defenders only read my posts and don't listen to the podcast. They get mad. Yeah, the podcast isn't searchable. Oh, I gotta so say, from fun. our from our time uh, doing the show, one of my favorite attempted owns by someone that you're fighting with online is uh, I spent an hour listening to your show just to tell you that I don't like it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I've deliberately wasted uh, my time I can, in order to judge you. <laughs> I can raise you one of that, which is a guy who really hates us, who tweeted us to say that he's never listened to the show because obviously it's dumb and that would be a waste of his time. But he went back and read every article I wrote for a student newspaper <laughs> like eight years ago just to say how just shit Just to make they himself <laughs> mad. <laughs> it's like, dude, reading the podcast would have been quicker and easier. <laughs> reading it, listening to at least, it. Uh, at least he could have multitasked and done something else at the same time. Like, <laughs> guys, our... Gone for an angry job or something. <laughs> our, our, our eulogy panel for John McCain has gotten way off track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Milo, sorry, I want to take us home. John McCain. Yeah. Um, it was a... It was a fresh spring morning. Dew uh, <laughs> was glistening upon the crisp grass. A young boy was struggling to untangle his yo-yo, which had become frantically sort of bound up in itself in a bout of 
attempting to practice for the the World Yo-Yo Championships. And a man came over and he said, hey, son, if I can survive being tortured by the Viet Cong, <laughs> you can untangle that yo-yo. That man was John McCain. And that boy grew up to be Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back once again to this special, extraordinarily international episode of Trash Future, uh, the podcast where I don't say the intro anymore, but where it used to be the podcast about how the future is trash. Uh, I am still Riley. You can find me on Twitter getting yelled at by angry liberals uh, for making fun of John McCain at Rala, R-A-A-L-E-H. Hello, everybody. Uh, Who who else do we got on in this all digital episode? Uh, We have Milo Edwards reporting from the Fringe. it's me at Milo underscore Edwards at live at the Edinburgh Frying Gate. Uh, this is Trash Future, the podcast about how we find out which way the toilet flushes in the Southern Hemisphere once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also we're also joined by Hussein, new at burning the midnight oil. Yeah, in I'm in I'm in Vancouver, uh, in Canada in Canada. Canada's a cool place um, where everyone calls each other's person because that's the law. Um, uh, yeah, I've been like hanging out with my teenage cousin who's been teaching me about hype, um, and what's, <laughs> and what's, what, what's hype and what's fam. So apparently, um, apparently, uh, like Supreme is fam, Palace is like mm. meh at best, but largely for old people. Stuzzy is apparently cool. Um, uh-huh. Lil Zan uh-huh. like sucks, but Lil Yachty is good. Um, X used to be bad, but when he got killed, he was good. Um, it, it's, it's just been like this wild roller coaster, and I sort of feel like I'm a teenager again, but also like I'm an old man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, everything you just said could easily have been a word game. Um, and, and we are also joined from across like several ponds uh, by uh, half of the wonderful show Bunta Vista Socialist Club. We have Andy and Lucy. Hey, guys. G'day. G'day. The better half. The better half of Bunta Vista. <laughs> That's Let's so just true, Lucy. That That's so true. That's so there's true. A reason, there's a reason you guys asked the, like, the A team to come on, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah, there's of course. We needed, we, needed, we, needed some, we needed some like some elite tier uh, posting and podcasting. That's it. And you guys <laughs> you are being collecting the maximum security stockade known as Australia. <laughs> and, and the thing is, once we asked Ben and Theo, you know, and they turned mm. us down, you <laughs> guys it. were like the we're best right in there. available. <laughs> That's how it usually works. And what with John McCain being dead, all of our usual guests were <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent. Uh, so uh, what we have for you today is something a little different from our usual, you know, sideways glance at the news and current events. Um, we've, we've decided, because I've been listening to, um, to Ubuntu Vista, even though it's, because if, even though it's for a country I basically know nothing about, and everything sounds either really strange, like, you know, Kookaburra or whatever, or really regular, but like they have a reactionary fascist called Blair. It's all very weird. <laughs> um, and so I, I really enjoy it. But I keep hearing them talk about Australia's terrible columnists. And I keep wondering to myself, of the two countries with the world's worst columnists, the UK and Australia, who has the worst columnists? 
Oh boy. <laughs> you might be shocked to and find so we- that all of the worst columnists in Australia are all from some kind of offshoot of uh, some Murdoch rag. Hugely Yo. surprising. Really? Hugely well, surprising. The Spectator, which is in the UK, oh. I believe, right? Uh-huh. It's a lot of crossover. Oh, yeah. The, the smartest publication. Now, it's the this if, is top 10 anime crossovers. If you guys think that uh, that the, the Spectator in the UK is like a sheltered workshop for just huge fucking wet-brained idiots, oh, man, you should see the Australian one. Wow. It's... Okay. We... We didn't elect to to choose any articles by Taki, but we do have a col- a regular columnist for the UK Spectator, who has written two columns: uh, one uh, in praise of the Wehrmacht, and two <laughs> <laughs> and two. Um, uh, we should bring back feudalism to own the SJWs. Oh my god! At least he's honest. My, At least my- he's honest. <laughs> My favorite thing about the Wehrmacht is that they had the good, the decency to only do a Macht at a full moon. <laughs> God damn it! You're really weird this morning, Milo. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll be here. I'll be here for the next hour or so. <laughs> In your ears. Uh, so, um, shall we? Uh, shall we kick off with the first salvo? Um, this is one of our one of our <laughs> one of would one of our guests <laughs> like to, would l- like to fire uh, an enfilade of awful opinion journalism uh, at our broadside? Uh, well, let's see. We've got a uh, we've got some of our favorites on our show. <coughs> one of Who should which we kick uh, off with. Uh, yeah, I I wonder if we should kick off with a uh, weird weird spaghetti head freak Rowan Dean. Who yes, is let's the, do uh, it. Ooh, he's the he's the editor of the Australian version of the Spectator. Uh, he also he has a he has a column in the Australian Financial Review, which is purportedly satire, but I'm not actually sure he knows what satire is. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, and it's in its he's written form, it's, it's extremely weird. Um, he hosts a show called Outsiders on the Australian version of Sky News. So much like the Spectator, we have a version of Sky News that is like just some real Z-grade shit. Uh, basically, as soon as the sun goes down, all of the craziest freaks in Australia get a show on Sky News. So he hosts a show called Outsiders oh, yeah. um, with Ross Cameron, who is also insane. Um, he regularly gibbers about his deep and unabiding love for the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but is, is he a wear columnist? He just he just loves the moon. He's just constantly writing extremely unironically about how deeply infatuated he is by the moon. It's really fucking weird. Uh they're both completely cooked units and they used to host the show with Mark Latham, who I would have included in this if he hadn't have basically detonated his own career like he's kind of like a a Milo uh, not this specific Milo. Um, it's it's kind of like a <laughs> uh, uh, Milo. Yeah, no, I don't have a career. Where, um, where like, you know, I, at this point, I wouldn't even call that Milo a columnist because he basically can't get published or get a gig anywhere. Yeah, um, he has no job. Like it, Mark Latham has yeah, no job. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no platforming him just made him more powerful. <laughs> yeah, like, um, and so Mark Latham's <laughs> done something similar. He's basically like, he's nuked his own career in mainstream Australian uh, media. 
So, and he did that on this show that he used to host with these guys on Sky News um, by doing stuff like getting into long-running feuds with domestic violence victims and um, and speculating on which kids he thinks are gay. <laughs> Uh, which was that was that was the one that did it for him. That was the one that finally tipped it over the edge. Was um, is that like when he got he fired w- from Sky? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was <laughs> he was doing his columns for the AFR as well, where he was talking about like how um any woman who admits to using like um uh, any kind of meds or anything is a terrible mother who's deliberately drugging herself because she hates her children. Right, and he um, said anxiety was made up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mental illness isn't real. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he was doing the show on Sky News. And we, we had this whole controversy about like an anti-bullying program that was introduced in Australian schools called the Safe Schools Initiative, um, which was basically just about encouraging tolerance for like gay and trans kids. Very, very normal stuff. And mm-hmm. they freaked out about it because it's cultural Marxism and enforced, well, it enforced is. gender Classic. fluidity and all this shit. And um, yes, well, it is. Mm. And make so all the kids had, gay, Andrew. So they had, yeah, they had, um, you know, some some kids making statements about this thing on the news, and they're running this footage while Mark Latham's going, "Look at this one. He's probably gay. <laughs> look at this. Come on, uh, look at this kid. <laughs> Definitely gay. Uh, and apparently, spec- well, well, <laughs> apparently I- speculating on the sexuality of like twelve-year-old boys was a little too much for them, and they finally cut him loose. Uh, he's gone he's I'm, gone downhill exactly since then. why i imagine australian sky news to be like yeah yeah exactly for sky news to be like <laughs> cut it cut it and um so from now on he's he's been doing shit he he got like a gig doing like youtube videos for rebel media the weird uh canadian racist oh yeah no channel. that's that's it's ubi for people who pushed their conservatism slightly too far in mainstream media mm. yeah and mm-hmm. um and so even even rebel has dumped him at this point so Boy. So pretty much Mark Mark doesn't register enough for us to include him anymore, which is a shame because he's spectacularly insane. Okay, so this the, basically this has been an honorable mention of yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. But we but you gotta get him in there. But um yeah, but, but course, Rowan Dean pour him one out for Rowan our boy. Dean, his old colleague. Yep. He basically looks hit me. Rowan looks like a severely aged Muppet made out of leather. Um mm. with <laughs> like long long Justin Timberlake ramen hair, you know? Mm. Uh, oh yeah real, okay i'm picturing it weird looking dude uh he was on sky doing a show when they broke the news of the kids getting rescued from the cave in thailand you know mm-hmm. and he thought oh, he thought it was very there. important to chime in with his commentary because they broke into their show and were playing the footage live uh and here's a quote of him talking over the footage of the kids getting out of the cave <clears throat> quote those kids would not be alive if those pumps had been powered by windmills and solar panels. If they hadn't had Western <laughs> technology in there, if they hadn't had Western expertise, it wasn't a bunch of gender fluid divers that went down there. It wasn't a bunch oh, of touchy feely identity politics, diverse and inclusive, unconscious bias mob that saved those boys lives. It was solid Western know-how. But wasn't it a group of Thai divers? <laughs> it was... <laughs> I think it was. It was, a, it was a whole bunch of people. There were like there were Australian guys over there and yeah. stuff. There was the dude that Elon Musk called a pedo for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> told him to shove his sub course, up his ass. Yeah, because he because he wanted to get to the children in the cave. The cave was the only thing protecting them. <laughs> yeah. So Mark, Mark, our friend Mark does which kids are gay, and Elon does which divers yeah. are a pedo. Yeah. <laughs> 
the two TV shows that we yeah. need. Which dives are pedos and which wow. pumps don't work if they're solar powered. So- Although, to be honest, I'll, I'll tell you, I was half expecting you not to say to say something along the lines of, we should worry about rescuing those kids from the cave because then they might immigrate to Australia. That's it. Well, that would, <laughs> that yeah. would be a concern. Um, <laughs> I was also loving his take that, like, it would kind of imply that windmills are fucking Thai technology. <laughs> like, oh, the fucking Thais with their windmills and EDAM and with clogs. The, with their wind <laughs> and their sun. So, <laughs> so Rowan writes these columns, right? And I'm only going to be able mm. to read a small section of this because they are frankly fucking unbearable, right? Okay. So... This is what we do for our listeners. Oh, my God. This, this is a whole other level. So Rowan writes, again, I'm doing hugely exaggerated finger quotes around satire. And he wrote this piece about uh, a former prime minister, Julia Gillard, being appointed the chairperson of a mental health organization called Beyond Blue, uh, which is mainly about depression. And... He chose uh, the most tactical way to approach this was to write the entire piece about her being appointed the head of a lunatic asylum. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, the the title of this was Nurse Gillard will see the lakeside lunatic asylum patients now. The world of political depression was rocked to its core this week by news that former Prime Minister Julia Gillard had been appointed chairperson of mental health organization Beyond Blue Ties, which is a ref- mm. which is a reference to an exceedingly stupid thing in Australian politics from a couple of years ago when um, uh, former Prime Minister Julia Gillard made reference to uh, the, the liberals, the conservatives, being like a bunch of old white dudes wearing blue ties. And from that point on, all of them made an extremely concerted effort to wear blue ties every single day of their lives to troll her. Oh, it's it's conservative identity politics. Oh, amazing. It's, it's blue ties. Yeah, extremely. It's blue ties matter. Extremely normal. Blue ties matter. You can't, blue ties you can't matter, take yeah. me take my blue tie off my driving license photo. It's part of my religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miss Gillard is believed to have been handpicked for the job due to her lengthy experience diagnosing imaginary mental disorders such as sexism and misogyny during her three-year stint as head nurse at the notorious Lakeside Lunatic Asylum in Canberra. (laughs) Oh, uh, oh shit. He's doing a Clowns in Congress thing. He's absolutely. (laughs) The asylum, which is buried deep underground and can house up to several hundred patients at a time, in its notorious green and red twin chambers, is known scathingly as Capital Punishment Hill. Goddamn. I was skeptical initially, but this guy's a brilliant satirist. I almost have a fucking (laughs) aneurysm reading reading these and imagine him, like, I imagine him smiling to himself as he types them out. Oh, this is so... This is so fucking good, Rowan. See, the great thing about someone like Rowan is that he knows that comedy works on multiple levels. Because, like, yeah, there's an asylum. But what if the inmates are running the asylum? That'd be weird, right? Like, you know, he's, he's smart mm-hmm. like that. He's making those connections. Uh, he's also written, he's written, like, quotes from the former prime minister all the way through in, like, phonetic, bad, bogan Australian accent. Okay, good. My, my good friend Good, Kevin was a dangerous psychopath. It's <laughs> psychopath. It's all it's all extremely like um 
insider references to lots of Australian political figures. Nurse Gillard remains convinced that her controversial approach to mind control allowed an entire generation of women and young girls to discover that they were inflicted with severe bouts of non-existent male oppression. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't exist. Oh, the uh, worst kind of male mm-hmm. oppression. That's the right. reason I love this guy is that he tells the truth and makes it fun. Like, not everyone can know. do that. <laughs> Mm. You know, like, uh, like, like depression isn't real. Depression isn't real. Sexism isn't real. And hey, what if uh, the, those clowns in Congress actually wore baggy pants? You know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be like <laughs> they'd be just like the Apex gang that's murdering all the children. I'm glad you know. Oh. I'm glad you know about the Apex that's gang. Right. <laughs> oh, that's gonna that's gonna come up again. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I mean Australian so. politics is like a weird hobby of mine. Like some people build model ships in in bottles. I find out about like mid-90s racial controversies in Australia about an invented gang. Oh, it's <laughs> it's back with a vengeance, baby. <laughs> anyway, so ca- uh, ca- carry on. They're we'll gonna, get to the Apex gang. They're going to bring the fucking army in. Well, look, here's another really clever bit of wordplay, uh, guys, if you're ready. Oh, boy, hit me. So um, we're, talk- we're talking about the mind control of Nurse Gillard here. These girls are now so oppressed that they feel they have no choice other than to go and jump off the wage gap explained one expert oh damn what? <laughs> i fucking hate him so much <laughs> i hate i hate jumping off the wage gap how, how do you jump off a gap oh. yeah, just- what does that mean <laughs> yeah. oh no maybe he thinks that like um julia gillard um uh, implemented a series a policy mix that allowed girls and women to double jump oh. <laughs> jump, off, jump off jump off the gap is like uh jump off the gap is like right wing boy off the ting it doesn't like really mean anything, but it sounds cool. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna work. Oh, <laughs> I love. I, oh, perfect. So it's it's. I mean, look, this guy is. I don't know why you brought him on our terrible columnist show because he's clearly a genius. <laughs> <laughs> True master of comedy. True. He's not even his best jokes. I like the ones where he just um, like implies that someone's gender fluid, and that's the whole joke. Yeah, like, I like the, the, they um, might be trans. That's the joke. Yeah, but what if they were that? I like the, <laughs> the the clip. There was a clip of him uh, today. So, so one of our like right wing uh, shock jock radio dudes was um, was on the other day, and he used a very antiquated expression, Ooh. which I antiquated. haven't actually heard. Yeah, which I haven't actually heard before. Um, Spoiler! It's the it, N word. <laughs> It is oh, the end word. <laughs> Look, oh, no, no, no. It was, it was, it was a a a, ter- a phrase that involved the N word. It was um him referring to uh to a politician like being a problem as uh the the N word in the wood pile. Oh, one of ours did that. Uh, what? Yeah. So this was snap. This was Alan Jones, and what this refers to, right? Um, what does this mean? Yeah. I've never heard this before. So, so it's it's basically an ex, like a psychotically antiquated version of like a thorn in somebody's side, or which whatever, you know, right? if you say that um, version, it has no slurs in it. So, who's going to listen? Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah, what it what it what it actually refers to is runaway slaves hiding in wood piles. Oh, oh boy. boy, yeah, that's Shouldn't that's the boy. origin. I retract that. <laughs> yeah, very problematic. That's the, that's the origin of the term, which again. He's a fucking Australian guy. Why does he even know it? Yeah, where does he pull that from? It's not the first time he's used that phrase on the radio. 
Jesus Christ. Christ. So, Emery Morris is yeah. a conservative uh, member of parliament in the UK who was actually suspended for saying the same phrase in parliament. But then being like, oh, oh I, I didn't know it was racist. I just thought of it as a phrase. Hey, I, some so, of my best oh, friends wow. are black people in woodpiles. <laughs> yes. Well, they love now, just in case, just in case you are thinking to yourself, like, look, the, you know, he's like a, a 65, 70 year old guy or whatever. Natural mistake, slip of the tongue. You know, we all we all make mistakes. He followed this up immediately with a sentence straight after that one, which was now I know I'm not supposed to say that word, but I refuse to censor myself by not saying certain words and I'm going to say whatever words I want. See, uh, so yeah. <laughs> hey. So just in case, just in case, like you weren't, you weren't sure what was going on there. So, um, Rowan like- Dean was on Sky News chatting to one of our other entries in this competition, uh, in which he explained it for everybody by saying, "Look, you can use the N word without it being offensive. I'm not going to say it on the show because everyone will get all in a tizzy. But it, when I'm using it at home with my friends, which I do, <laughs> I say." It. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do. I say it in a non-offensive I way. I just I love like when all my friends come over for wow. a barbecue and we just, you know, we sit around yeah. the table and we just say the N-word back and forth to one another for three or four hours. And it's not offensive. <laughs> you know You know when your friends, friends come around out and you, in the wood pile. <laughs> Yeah. We just you know when your friends come around, you get around a table and just do do a round of nice slurs. <laughs> you guys you guys want to do a round of slurs? <laughs> oh, I haven't played slurs in ages. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys better hit us with one. Oh here. my goodness! Okay, um, I feel like um, let's say let's save Brendan O'Neill for last. Um, yeah. Milo, why don't you hit us with James yeah. Dellingpole? I it's better for me to go earlier rather than later because my brain is like deteriorating. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Senator McCain. Didn't see you come in. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Boom. it's a hot take. Ooh. Got him. Um, all right. So, I mean, the, the, the Dunning poll is only making my, my brain deteriorate more, especially because his, like, his byline photo on The Spectator is like a weird like Picasso self-portrait of him, <laughs> which looks really fucking weird. Anyway, um, James, James, James Dunning poll, everyone's favorite. Brace yourselves. Get yourself a nice cup of tea. As James James Delling poll eases his James Delling poll into our James Delling hole uh, with an article, <laughs> an article entitled "It's not science I don't trust; it's the scientists." <laughs> and, it, and it has a massive picture of Margaret Thatcher in a lab coat, like doing science supposedly, but she appears to be just looking at a, a vase full of water. Cool. Um, anyway. Uh, and it says underneath Margaret Thatcher, quote, the facts of life are conservative. <laughs> All right. Is he, but is he saying that he doesn't trust Ma- Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, to be fair to Margaret Thatcher, she was like trustworthy. She was like very open about, so I mean, she, she never once really like lied about what she was going to do. <laughs> yeah, well, fair play to her. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Mm. Pouring one out for my girl. All right. Uh, Maggie, the scientist. So, what does what does Dellingpole think of the scientist? All right. So, uh, as ever, Dellingpole begins his article with a sarcastic paragraph, which sounds like what any reasonable person would think. Okay. <laughs> Dellingpole is writing it in a sarcastic voice, and you're intended to be like, "Yes, that's mad." Um, so, 
everyone knows the real reason like people like Donald Trump are skeptical of climate change is that conservatives are fundamentally anti-science. Some doubt science because it conflicts with their religious beliefs. Others because its implications might mean radically shifting the global economy in anti-growth or heavily statist direction. Wow, what a smart James Delling poll column this has been so far. <laughs> now to put down the paper. <laughs> <laughs> what a reasonable thing to say. Anyway, time to start if my day. If you have a short attention span, The Spectator is a Marxist newspaper. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So, which goes against their free market ideology. Others, being conservative, they are prisoners of their dogmatism, need closure, and fear uncertainty. I hear this all the time from lefties on social media, <laughs> and there seems to be some evidence to support it. Hmm. Indeed, is there, James? Um, <laughs> at least there is, if you believe studies, <laughs> like like the Republican War on Science, Mooney, two thousand and five. He's used like Harvard referencing in an attempt to sound like he knows anything of what he's talking about. Politicization of science in the public sphere, Goshat, 2012. And not for all the tea in China, political ideology and the avoidance of dissonance arousing situations, Nam et al, 2013. I like the idea of dissonance arousing situations. <laughs> um, my favorite. Right. Now, but there's a wrinkle here, and you may have guessed what it is. Is it that we're reading a James Delling poll article? Let's find out. Uh, the world of social science is overwhelmingly left-wing, so heavily agenda-driven, so rife with confirmation bias and skewed methodology that almost any of them could be invited to write for the spectator. Um, <laughs> that almost inevitably, its studies will show conservatives as blinkered and dim, <laughs> and lefties, <laughs> lefties, weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's has, um, <laughs> that's the only thing that could that could, it could be doing. It's got to be a mistake. Uh, yeah, that's, that's if you believe evidence. <laughs> when, I, when I'm having an N-word party, right, all my friends have their eyes wide open. <laughs> when, what I like to do is I like to put on my academic gown and mortar board when I sit down and have an N-word party. So then I put my pinky out so it's extra intelligent. <laughs> I'm having a free speech intelligence-a-thon. I, I, love, I, I now, love this so much because it's just like, it's, this is a conservative self-owned that gets published all the time. Like one of my favorite ones is a Charlie Kirk tweet where he's like, uh, if if there's no left wing bias in universities, then how come conservative students always get lower grades? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best cell phone. <laughs> hey, we're, we're really we're getting to this because we've got this is the best paragraph okay. of the article. Lest you think this is my own bias showing, another recent study confirmed it. A survey of 479 sociology professors found that only 4% identified as conservative or libertarian, while 83% identified as liberal or left radical, and 0% had ever studied the blade. In another survey of psychologists this time, only 6% identified as conservative overall. It's almost as though, James, it's almost as though if anyone who actually knows about any of this stuff doesn't agree with you. <laughs> like saying, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's to me. genius. I, He's do, like, I do love, I love how many conservative things involve them just like reverse engineering a thought out of something <laughs> like this, yeah. you know? It's going, ah, yeah, nobody, nobody involved in learning any of this stuff believes any of the shit we say anymore. And uh, we score poorly because we have very dumb ideas. This must be because of a bias. <laughs> let me let me work let me work backwards from here We're and see what went genius. wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, desperately trying to take a reactionary thought from overwhelmingly normal evidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna skim through the rest of it. Like, uh, he starts talking about fucking like 
that studies which he's trying to suggest like show that uh like conservatives aren't more anti-science than lefties but he doesn't really explain how well, no he's like well, this is brilliant so he, he quotes this one academic he says as Kofnus, the academic told campus reform a site that exposes left-wing bias at universities. <laughs> it's my mm. home page. Mm. <laughs> like, what a fucking website to run. Um, conservatives are right to be sceptical. Take any politicised issue that is connected to some disagreement about scientific fact. I do not believe there is a single case in the last couple of decades where a major scientific organisation took a position that went against the platform of the Democratic Party. Uh, like again <laughs> maybe <laughs> the correlation is the other way around <laughs> and the yeah, democratic c- party uh, tends to go with the science <laughs> yeah i can't <laughs> i can't believe like uh you know that none of these people ever agree with the party that like shuts down the epa and teaches abstinence uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the two the two big a's of, of american conservatism are now asbestos and abstinence yeah. th- th- this is a golden quote he added, what an odd coincidence that science, in scare quotes, <laughs> always, <laughs> without exception, supports the liberal worldview. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. oh, old man science. science, it was you all along. <laughs> So-called science. <laughs> it's, it's, this, is incre- this, is, this is wonderful. This is just an entire column of, I'm a huge idiot. <laughs> I, I'm a big idiot, and no one knows why. Oh my goodness! I think it's like at, at oh, UK fine. universities as well. Like there is a small—I don't know if you guys have this in Australia—but there's like a cottage industry of like aggrieved professors saying that actually um, everyone in the global south should be thankful for us for to us for colonialism because of trains. Um, because oh, we just boy. we just nutted a fucking eight roper of trains all across the developing world, uh, and that uh, those. Those train fucking guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> old, old train kiss. Chester J. Train kiss to, to quote a tweet from you. <laughs> it, it, was our, it was our ambition just to soothe the autists of the global south. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and no, but so, and then they're, but they're like, like, like most academics like will write um, papers that get put behind like an insane paywall and accessed by 10 people ever trying to write an exam. Uh, but the only academics that ever actually get serious media coverage, more or less, are the people who are like, you know, in, invented doctorates to like uh, in, in Cologne and they have a PhD in why colonialism was good, for example. And they just constantly get published in global level newspapers um, complaining about the fact that no one listens to or likes them. Classic. It's like a cottage industry here. I love having a, a column in a national newspaper where I complain that no one listens to me. <laughs> Oh man! Um, so is that this? I sorry, no. This article like just keeps on giving. Like, I've just, it, like <laughs> I'm reminding myself of it now. While Margaret Thatcher said that the facts of life are conservative, how can we be sure that the facts of science don't naturally swing left, like my dick? What is what is this? Is what left wing scientists seem to believe. But as Kofner's shows, in order to reach that conclusion, they have to torture the data till it screams, which sometimes is necessary okay like when the data has important information <laughs> that we need to that we need to get enhanced data interrogation um, techniques just <laughs> waterboarding my data <laughs> to make it left wing <laughs> waterboarding my data to make it. Uh, uh, so Dunning poll continues in 2014 a paper was published in science now I presume he means a journal here, but I like to think that he just thinks of science as like a big amorphous thing in which things are published. 
Um, <laughs> when contact changes minds, an experiment on transmission of support for gay equality. Um, this demonstrated that instinctively homophobic buttoned-up conservatives were more likely to become liberal on meeting a gay man. Their study showed that a 20-minute conversation with a gay canvasser increased their acceptance of same-sex marriage nine months later. Like what? What is a gay cat? Like just someone who goes around <laughs> knocking on doors, being like, "Hey, yeah. have you heard about these gay people they have now?" Yeah. <laughs> you thought about switching teams? <laughs> <laughs> we'll suck your dick real good. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> the gay overs witnesses. Uh, uh, gay people in a shirt just, and tie. Uh, quickly, uh, Nate, edit, edit this bit out. Uh, Hussein, are you still there? Is Hussein snoring? I think he might be. Because <laughs> it's, it's late for him. I think he's taking a little yeah. nap. Who's yeah, that's adorable. That's amazing. <laughs> Can we do the rest of the app like that? <laughs> I love our great podcast. Hussein. Big fan of the show. <laughs> Hussein. Oh, poor guy got tuckered out. Hang on. Oh. I'm going to call him. It's a, it's a Pavlovian <laughs> reaction. Like, Dellingpole sends everyone to sleep. <laughs> Initially, I thought that noise was Riley like angrily growling at Dellingpole. <laughs> I'm I'm calling him. <laughs> Nate, leave all of this in. This is so good. <laughs> Nate, don't leave any of this in. Leave it all in. You've got leave to leave at least some of it in. <laughs> I can hear the phone ringing too. (laughs) (laughs) He's out like a light. That's a first. That's a first for me. So that weed smoking with the gamers. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, we literally cannot edit this out. It's too good. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Oh, All shit. Right. Okay. Should we, should we just carry on and hope that he wakes up in time to do Brendan O'Neill? Yeah, let's do that. Maybe he'll hear us. <laughs> he'll just jolt right. awake. I'll just, I'll just talk about Delling Paul more loud. Okay. Um, um, okay. <laughs> so do you, you, why don't you conclude Delling Paul and then we'll pass back to Lucy and we'll see if Hussein wakes up. No, because it's like one in the morning for him, and he's always tired, like Post Malone's face tattoo. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's killing me. Uh, shall we go on a different hangout? Uh, no, I, I like I like the snoring. To, yeah, I, I like it. Good, yeah, it's good this way, it's good we might wake us Yeah, up. true, true. Um, uh, Lucy, I'll just show you a link for the uh, for the Andrew Bolt blog post that recent one we were talking about oh, are we doing are we doing bolt good old balty oh right oh let's do it i've heard i've heard him on your show before he's he's uniquely bad he's incredible okay take me on a <laughs> tour of this man's brain please please uh hey. so andrew andrew what bolt is also on sky news mm-hmm. <laughs> um he is a <laughs> So yeah, Andrew Bolt. Uh, he he is, according to his byline, the most read columnist in Australia because basically he gets a, an opinion column in like every Murdoch tabloid every day of the week. Um, Not because he, he's like puce with rage. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he's he's fucking nuts. Um, he's he's also like a a documented uh, denier of the stolen generations in Australia, which is like in sort of uh, colonial mm-hmm. times when the country was being colonized and there was a like a government policies to go and basically just take Aboriginal children from their parents. Oh, okay. good, normal. It's a fine uh, thing to do. Yep. And then give them to colonial families to raise. Um, and the idea was that they would both like, um, you know, te- teach them to not be savages and ideally breed them out of the country, basically. Okay, good, good. So they were doing wow. like, yeah. what's the opposite of, of, of white genocide? Something yeah, it's, it's just um, regular yeah, genocide. Just genocide. Yeah. And the other <laughs> yeah. reason um, is that it seems like it actually happened, unlike white genocide, which is a made up thing. Mm. Yeah. So so he's sort of banged on about this for years um, because he's uh, a big smug idiot, but he's also really fucking dumb. He he interprets it as because he can't find documentation from the time or policy from the time that says we're doing this to be racist. Mm -hmm. He says you can't call it racist. He's got a point. Um yeah, so he's he's on that whole kind of like, oh, well, the, well, the people at the time were doing things that they thought were good. They thought that the like he he says that you know because if you go back and look through the documents, it says we were taking this child off this family because you know they couldn't take care of them properly. Mm-hmm. That he's like, oh, well, that's not racist. They're just offering them welfare. Yeah, no, that's that's science. That's like that's science yeah. that yep. doesn't have a left-leaning bias. Actually, the, Na- yeah, the so Nazis were misguided. They got overexcited about producing synthetic rubber. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Things got a little out of hand. <laughs> um, so, so he has been accused. Um, he's had like long-running public debates with university professors where he's been accused of like historical denialism, <laughs> mm. which comes comes back into play. Actually, uh, he also. He also holds the distinction of of all of our colonists as being the one uh, convicted racist. Oh, convicted, convicted racist. Yep, oh, is convicted racist Andrew mm. Bolt. He um he has a so so we have a set of racial discrimination laws, um and put in place by uh, like, Julia Gillard when she was uh, the clowns are running the asylum. I remember that's it when she when when they took over the madhouse. Yes. Imagine um, being racist enough to get arrested for racism in Australia. This is spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the thing is that like it, it has to be like it has to be proven in a court as being like sustained and deliberate and targeted and stuff. So you can't just like scream the N word at a person on the street and then get picked up by the <laughs> cops, which is what like, f- which is what f- free free speech warriors like to act as though it's yeah. like. Someone, <laughs> someone overhears you whispering a slur, and the thought police come and take you away. Well, because that's just a barbecue, right? That's like a normal barbecue. <laughs> well, you, you're trying, you're trying to have a slur party in the privacy of your own home, <laughs> and the thought police come in there. Damn, it's like George Orwell. <laughs> I can't it. even say slur. Whereas, whereas <laughs> the reality, the reality of like people who have been convicted under 18C and like you don't go to prison or anything I think you just get like a fine and they publish a thing saying this dude sucks <laughs> um, so, so what you're saying if you get like, convicted of Austra- of racism in Australia you get like put in the, the text equivalent of the stockade for people to whip tomatoes at you yeah that's it they just put out they, the one big billboard that we have in the middle of the country they just put it up they actually put you like, in a um, giant wood pile <laughs> yeah 
So, so the thing that he got done for was um, writing a continuing series of columns in which he accused various members of the public and of like academia of like pretending to be Aboriginal to, for advantage, <laughs> basically. So, so holy so, yeah, shit! He, so, so nine people sued him over his various posts and articles with titles like "It's so hip to be black," uh, <laughs> "White is the new black," and "White fellas in the black." So Wasn't his article that first suggested one, Huey Lewis and the News B side. Yeah, oh, man. Tip to being black. (laughs) Um, The article suggested it was fashionable for fair-skinned people of diverse ancestry to choose Aboriginal racial identity for the purposes of political and career clout. Okay. Um, And and he he did this by naming all of these people and putting their fucking photos in the paper so that you could see that they were too white-looking to call themselves Aboriginal. So... Um, like a helpful like Pantone color guide next to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, weirdly enough, these people took offense. Uh, Compare them and it to was, this woodpile. <laughs> yep, and it was it was upheld. Um, but the most recent thing that we thought we'd run you through is um, there was a new a new like far right senator who got into um, got into the Senate and gave his maiden speech a week or two oh, ago. Yeah, I, I remember this. Fraser Anning and it was like thick and fast with crazy like white nationalist uh, Christian bloodline really psycho identity stuff okay cool and and weirdly enough everybody freaked out when he called for a final solution to the immigration problem yeah because he's totally copying the Nazis yeah fuck was this when he tried to get out of it by saying that it's not he's not quoting the Nazis because they would have said it in German? <laughs> oh no, that was that was a Someone different guy. It was a different guy who said, "Oh, that well, well, actually, if you well, if you had a, if you had a said it in German, it would have been German words." <laughs> so they actually, he was like, they never actually even yeah. said final who's solution. To, who's to, in English? Who's to say what words are actually? Your biased left leaning dictionary. So um. <laughs> So, Lucy, do you want to take us through the blog post that he did about the the final solution controversy? Oh, uh, Hussein's back. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, um, so, sorry, I fell asleep on you guys. Hello. But but I I have been listening, but then I started dreaming sweet dreams of li- of, of, of of small small kings running running through. Erotic dream about Ben Shapiro. <laughs> and, and, A heated uh, podcasting moment. And, and, and so, so what? So what actually happened? Like, well, we were just sitting around having a game of slurs. <laughs> yep. And then we heard snoring. Was I just like? Was I just snoring? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Incredible. Okay. This is what we get for podcasting late at night. Um, okay, so uh, Lucy, would you like to take us through this particular bit of sweetness? Oh, yes. I'll take you to the, the title of Andrew Bolt's blog post. Final solution was bad, but so is climate denier. Fraser Anning used the phrase final solution has outraged dozens of politicians from Labour and the Greens because of the link to the Holocaust. 
Will Labour and the Greens now express similar outrage at the phrase climate deniers given its deliberate link to Holocaust deniers? (laughs) (laughs) You can't deny anything these days or they'll call you a racist. That's amazing. Oh, boy. It's incredible. It's so so galaxy brain. It's fantastic. (laughs) But he then, he goes on to do like um, exactly what Milo was just talking about with uh, Dellingpoll, which is he's he like quotes some university professors talking about like why they think it's reasonable to use that word specifically, but he thinks that they sound insane. Uh-huh. But he's just quoting people giving a reasonable explanation for a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's a Dellingpoll move. The classic, the sarcastic, sensible stuff. <laughs> Also, <laughs> right, what a normal person would think, but in a sarcastic voice. <laughs> I, I love the conservative mindset that's like, no, everything has to be completely balanced. So if you're going to if you're going to condemn um, us using Nazi rhetoric, then we get to condemn one of yours. He, he quotes these professors and one of them says um, he quotes extremist professor Robert Mann. <laughs> <laughs> Fellow um, extremist professor Robert Mann. <laughs> put, yeah, who... <laughs> And and the guy the guy just explains he says like skepticism is in general so you know obviously referring to how a lot of people like Andrew Bolt who is like insane about climate denial stuff um, for example we're having like this terrifyingly bad drought through tons of farmland in New South Wales and Australia at the moment and he's convinced that it's like it's just a conspiracy he thinks it's like a false flag yeah, drought. Of course. That the national broadcaster is putting on. Um, so, just, to, just to advance their, so yeah, their this, international and diverse transgender windmill agenda. They're hiding all and, the water and in he the wood piles. That, like, um, it's and still he thinks there. that because, um, because people, you know, refer to themselves as climate skeptics and mm. stuff like that. And he's, this, so this guy says, skepticism is in general, as it should be, a positive word, denoting scientific or humanistic curiosity, and in particular, the presence of an open mind. Denialism, a concept that was first widely used, as far as I know, for those who claim that the Holocaust was a fraud, is the concept that I believe we should yep. use. Like, again, he's just saying something sensible in the face of overwhelming evidence to pretend that a thing is not happening. You are, you're not being skeptical about it. You're denying it. Mm. And he, I'm and actually he very that- skeptical about my wife leaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, you claim yeah, I owe yeah. this much in child support, but I'm a rational humanist skeptic. He's a good one. There's, there's no end yeah. of stuff about Andrew Bolt. So that's it for this week. You can look forward to hearing the remaining three pundits getting critiqued in an upcoming episode. See you next week. <laughs> Thank you.